So for all of you that tried to dial in yesterday, we apologize for Brother Mark has gotten us back up. The mass uh, was not able to go live, but he posted it afterwards. And the same with my 11 o'clock talk on explaining the faith. It was not able to go live, but we were able to do it. There were people here and it is now posted. And in that talk, I talked about feeding the hungry and giving drink to the thirsty. That talk was about the works of mercy, not an option, but a command from our Lord. And Father Ron just read it that says, if you, I am the food, I am true drink. Now, why did Jesus call himself the bread of life? Throughout the Gospels, we hear him talk about fruit. I am the vine. I'm the fruit of the vine. Now, why not the fruit of life? All right. Jesus' bread as bread is a very rich image that we can see in connection with God's word. What uh, Postulant Jeff just read. The, the, the idea is the Torah to the Jews. Now, remember, we're, Jesus is trying to relate this to the Jews. And the idea of the Torah is it's the word of God. That's the, what's the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Leviticus, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. These are the word of God. And they saw it as bread. The Jews did. And this was common amongst their thinking. This, this bread of the, of the Torah feeds us. So Jesus comes and says, we aren't to live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the bread of, word of God. So in other words, yes, we have to eat the physical bread to, to function daily, but this, this word of God, as Jesus says, live on bread you know, we aren't to live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God and who came from the mouth of God. I don't want to have to go into detail. If you watch some of the old homilies, I explain in detail who Jesus is, that the Trinity is, because God the Father, when, when he thinks, he speaks, he speaks a word, and that word is the Son and what powers that word, you can't speak without a breath. That breath is the Holy Spirit. So you're a little mini trinity. You are who you are. It's like God the Father. What you speak is, is a representation of who you are. So that word is like the sun. But in order to power it, you need breath. That's the Holy Spirit, the power. And so this is the trinity. Now, Jesus came forth like the word. He is the word from the mouth of God. So now we're talking a closer understanding of bread in the mouth. Now, the Jews understood that God promised them manna from heaven to sustain them on their journey. We just read this as postulant Jeff. Now, why? Because bread was a staple. It was the important part of their life. Um, we could not live very long without food. We know this, but it is temporary. It just gets us through a couple days. Then you die without it again. It's temporary. This is why uh, giving food and drink to the needy is very critical uh, to keep them sustained for their journey. Now, that's a work of mercy. Now, this is what I said yesterday, that from the heart of Jesus comes the Eucharist, 
his mercy comes in the form of the Eucharist into our heart. You actually consume it. It goes down literally into your heart. And then you are to share that mercy with others, to bring it to others. That is a work of mercy. So Jesus's love is poured into our hearts through prayer in the Eucharist, and we are to let that love flow through us to the hearts of those in need. So it's from Jesus's heart to our heart to the hearts of others. Now, Mother Teresa, I said this yesterday, used to say that there are two kinds of real presence. She would say, when people would say to her the real presence, she says there's two kinds. Now, first is our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament. That's primary, that's source and summit of our faith. But she also says the Lord's real presence is in the poor, materially and spiritually. So living on the bread of life, we receive God's merciful love. And in sharing that with others who hunger physically or spiritually, we return that love back to God. Why? Because he's in the poor. When you help them, you are doing that for God. That's the, the expression, you did it to me. What you did for the least of these brethren, you did it to me. And there's no greater way than giving them food and drink. Now, the Sisters of Charity committed to loving the poor because they said the poor was Jesus in disguise. And I mentioned St. Faustina had a visitor one day, a poor man show up at the door and she brought him in to feed him and she turned around and it was Jesus. So these are the works of mercy. And if you didn't see the talk yesterday, it's posted now. You can see it on our YouTube channel explaining the faith works of mercy. Now, however, I want to go beyond that now. Oftentimes, though, we think food answers all our problems. We live for our belly, gluttony, one of the seven deadly sins. You know, God is trying to teach us here that the temporal food, yes, you need it to get through each day, but it's temporary. The manna in the desert that Brother Jeff read about was only temporary. Yes, it came from God, just like your food on your plate today will comes from God. But what happened to the manna? The manna melted every morning and disappeared. And if the Jews tried to store it overnight and hoard it, it spoiled. That's interesting. You think of all the food that has spoiled over the centuries. It's unreal. So this is what's going on. Even though we need it to get through the next day, it doesn't solve, and it does solve your problem for the day, you now have food. It doesn't get you through eternity. It doesn't solve everything. Jesus didn't come just to fill stomachs. As some people focus their whole life on, he came to save and fill souls. You know, it's funny because Jesus basically is saying here, you seek me for the flesh, not the spirit. Because they're saying, Give me what I need. And most of us in our prayer are thinking that way. It's okay. It's a start. But in our prayer, we shouldn't just be talking about our physical needs, our material needs, but our spiritual. People keep in prayer tendency, myself included, to think about what I need materially in this world. 
Keep your eyes on the prize, the spiritual. You know, food doesn't solve everything, but it, it does need it. My, my grandfather and grandmother, my grandfather was an amazing man on my father's side. He was lost his father at six weeks old or six months old up in Minnesota. My great-grandfather um, was one of the first men ever to organize labor unions. And they were the ore, iron ore miners, the tough, tough iron ore miners up in northern Minnesota, up around Duluth. And my great-grandfather was a Croatian immigrant. And it was the conditions were beyond horrid. And he stood up for the people and he saw what his fellow workers were going through and he organized the first labor unions. And the mining company, Oliver Mining Company up in Minnesota hired some thugs from Chicago and they came up and murdered, murdered him, shot him on his front porch. My grandfather was only a baby. So my grandfather grew up without a father. Then the depression hit and my grandfather had nothing to eat and he was in Minnesota and he got wind that there were some jobs in Michigan and he decided to go to Michigan, which um, is where our family is now. And it was there that he was penniless. And one day he went to Sterling State Park in Monroe and my grandmother was a maid. She was pulled out of school. And by the way, their names were Joseph and Mary. <laughs> that was the name of my grandparents, Joseph and Mary, kind of a sign. But she was working as a maid. She was pulled out of school at six years old to take care of the family. I'm sorry, at sixth, sixth grade. So my grandma was pulled out of school in the sixth grade to take care of the family. So she was a maid. She got one day off a week. And that one day she was at the park. Well, here comes my grandfather with nothing to eat. And the first thing he says to my grandmother when he met her, instead of saying hello or nice to meet you, he says to her, do you have anything to eat? Not your typical pickup line. But my grandmother saw this poor man and her heart went out in a work of mercy. And she gave him directions. It was like three, four miles away. He walked and she told him to hide outside the window because at six o'clock she would be in the kitchen cooking. So she gave him directions where to go and he hid in the bushes. He hadn't eaten in three days and not eaten a thing in three days. This is during the depression. <clears throat> so my grandfather walks like this four miles and hides in the bushes. And my grandma's making the fried chicken and she's looking around and she's tossing chicken legs out the window. And my grandfather's in the bushes. Can you imagine? This is how they met. And he's in the bushes and he ate the chicken so fast because he hadn't eaten for three days that it all came back up. And so they find out there's a man vomiting in the bushes and this cook is throwing him chicken legs out the window. Quite a way to start. Now, the funny thing and the purpose of why I'm telling this story is, yes, my grandfather needed that. But after he ate that day, he was still poor and he was still hungry. As important as that food was, it was temporary. It was only temporary because he was still poor and he was still hungry. 
because that fed him once. What is it? Feed a man, you'll feed him for a day. Give a man food, you'll feed him for a day. Teach a man, or what is it? Give a man a fish. That's what it is. Give a man a fish and you'll feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you'll feed him for life. That's what we're doing now. We're teaching so that you'll have that eternal food, not just the temporal. We need it, but the permanent, the eternal. And so this is what, <clears throat> this is what Jesus is trying to tell us. Now, it's funny because um, it's about feeding the whole person, not just the body, but the mind in the body. And the Eucharist does that. So Jesus, when he says, I am the bread of life, in this answer, he hoped to lift their eyes from the material, from this material bread and earthly things up to the spiritual realities of the bread of life. They needed to put their confidence in Jesus instead of just the material things. That's the message here. Now, Jesus says, Father Ron read, he who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. This is interesting because Jesus is now going beyond what he told the Samaritan woman. Remember the Samaritan woman at the well? He says, you won't be thirsty. I am the true water, the drink. She says, sir, give me some of this water. He says, I am true drink. He starts with that. And now he's expanding on that. And he's saying, I'm the food. And they're like, sir, where do we find this food? So just like the woman who says, where is this drink? Give me some. Jesus says, I'm the true drink to her. Now to them, to the men here, he says, I am the true food. I am the bread. And they're like, sir, give us some of this bread. And so this is very much powerful. Now, this is why we have bread and wine at mass. Because Jesus takes what filled the people earthly, in an earthly sense, and then consecrates it, transforms it, so that it feeds them for eternal life. This is, this is throughout the Bible, and yet our non-Catholic brothers and sisters miss this. You know, now he makes this promise, not privately to an individual like the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, but now openly to this whole crowd. He's building up. And he just, we, we know about the miracles of the loaves and fish. This is the miracle. So what's he preparing us for? You know it, the sacraments. You've heard me say it before. I will continue to say it again for those viewers who are new. The sacraments are what make us different than every other religion in the entire world. There is no other faith. There's 40,000 Christian faiths or whatever it is. There's how many other non-Christian denominations or uh, religions, whatever it is. Only one has the sacraments. Sacraments are not symbols. They're not just a symbol. They are actual grace, which gives you eternal life. What is a sacrament? I'm going to keep saying it. Sacrament is an efficacious sign, meaning it does something, not just a symbol. Instituted by Christ, he's doing it right here, entrusted to the church by which divine life is instilled in us. So what's going on? Basically, Jesus is giving us the sacraments. 
So this basically, this bread gives us life. Why? Because it gives grace. The sacraments aren't just symbols, they're actual grace. It's basically not just calories. When you're eating the chicken or the bread, that's good, we need it, but it's just calories. When you're eating the Eucharist, you're eating grace. And grace is now in your body. You want calories? Yes, we need them to survive, but you gotta have grace. That's what the Eucharist is, the true bread. So to finish, in sacraments, words of the priest, the words of Jesus are turned into actual grace and we receive the living Christ into us, not just a symbol. That's what's going on. So anyway, as I said, to finish, Moses promised food for the belly. I'm gonna feed you. But that man, as I said, it melted every morning. And if they tried to keep it and hoard it, it spoiled at night. So Moses is feeding the belly food that perishes. Jesus' promise is food that will never perish. And so Jesus says that he is the true food, the true drink to show that he meets all our needs, not just physical, but remember we are human beings, body and spirit. So the food meets the body, even the animals eat, but we now meet and need the spirit. This is what separates us. This makes us man in the image of God. So anyway, Jesus though, however, before he does all this, he requires faith. Why does he say, I am? That imitates what Moses heard on the mountain. God says, I am. Now, why does Jesus say this? Jesus requires faith, saying I am on purpose to show who he is, God, so that we can receive him worthily. If you were, if you were told right now that you were gonna be taken into a room and you were going to meet God, would you just go up there and go, huh, okay, cool, and stick your hand out to receive his hand? Would you just go in there flippantly and be looking at your watch? No, you would be so enthralled in worship and majesty that you would fall to your knees. That's what he's trying to tell us here. You're receiving, I am the bread of life. I am God and you're about to receive me. Powerful stuff. And he's doing this on purpose to show who he is so that we can now receive him as he is in the Eucharist. You know, this is the first of the I am's in John. Seven times in John, Jesus says, I am. He says, I am the bread of life right here. But he goes on to say, I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. You know why he starts with the bread? I am the bread of life and ends with I am the vine. The bread and the wine, the body and the blood. It 
all fits together. And this is uniquely and only found in the Catholic Church. You know, when I was at the airport in Chicago, I told yesterday in the talk of my experience of that poor lady who they caused her to miss her flight. And because of your generosity, wasn't my money, but your generosity, I was able to give her a little bit of money to help hopefully get her some food. But there was another man who came that was also affected by that flight. And he said he was born and raised Catholic, but he doesn't follow the church because he wants to experience all the other religions. And he says, I want to see what each one has. Don't you think that the other religions have some of the truth? Oh, no, he said, don't you think that the other religions also have truth? I said, yeah, the Catholic Church teaches that all other religions have some of the truth. Some. Protestants have scripture. There are other faiths that have some of the truth. But wouldn't you, I asked him, want to follow a religion that has all of the truth, the fullness and all of it. I can have a hundred glasses on the table that are partially filled with wine. And then I can have one that is filled to the brim with wine. That's the Catholic faith. And we are the only ones who see this message of Christ of the meaning of the bread of life.